Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast where we talk to some of the world's most exciting founders and entrepreneurs about how they started and grew and scaled their businesses. Expect three parts actionable advice, two parts startup stories, and one amazing giveaway every single episode. As I said, we do have a giveaway at the end of every episode, so stay tuned to find out how you could win. Let's get into it. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. Today we are joined by George and Ryan, the co-founders of Cowshed Social. Cowsheds produce amazing video content for some of the biggest brands in the world. Growing to a team of 30, if I'm right. Yes, since 30, yeah. 2019 when you launched and are doing some incredible work. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us. That was a good sales pitch. <laughs> get, get you in. <laughs> so, uh, I guess the, the place to start would be, you know, just for our listeners who haven't heard of Cowshed and what you guys do, just give us a bit of a summary of of who you are, what you do, what you're about. Yeah, so uh, we're a social agency, uh, first and foremost, but our kind of USP is is very much content first. We come from a production background, so it's all about just making good, entertaining content for brands. Um, not only do we make the content for brands, we also uh, strategize their social pages, yeah. uh, social media, the pay, uh, social media manager pages, and community manage. So a bit of a, right. hate saying full 360 agency, I hate that, but we're a full <laughs> service <laughs> social agency, right? Yeah, all those buzzwords. But How yeah. did you come together in the first place? Because you were obviously at, at so, different roles. Yeah, well, we, so we actually went to the same school, secondary right. school. Okay. Uh, George is in my brother's year at school. And then after school, we kind of both went to, I was a lifeguard in the leisure centre, George was PT, <laughs> uh, both went to the same, same leisure centre. Um, and I think George was in the staff room one day talking about this, this short film that he had he wrote and was producing and shooting quite soon. I said, well, I want to get into this. Can I come and be a runner? Uh, so I went and did a runner on the shoot. Actually turned up late, which is... Uh, he did. He did. Well, that's my business part of that. Yeah, my, my alarm clock actually was George calling me. That's who I was. And so that was always fun. Good stuff. And then, um, yeah, since then, so we, we sort of split up after that. I was doing a lot of work experience with George, uh, shooting a variety of different shoots. Then we kind of split. I went over to university I started filming TV, George went across to directors. Yeah, so I, I was like freelancing for years. Like um, I kind of, I skipped the uni thing. I thought I was, uh, you know, back then too good for it. And uh, <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you missed out on an awful lot. I feel like I did. <laughs> yeah, I regretted it massively mate <laughs> so I was trying to blag my way through the production world at the beginning um, but do you know what it kind of worked out for me because it was like you learn on the job kind of thing. Um, yeah, work, worked up kind of from, you know, run a stage as well, all the way up to like producing, worked with a load of brands, like freelancing, uh, moved into directing, was doing that for years. And then, yeah, kind of the way we came about was I was working as head of production at a big uh, social publisher. I want to, you probably guess, you probably guess who in the UK. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was Unilad. And then uh, they obviously went over to Lab Bible and that was when I left at that kind of uh, stage there. Ryan was working at a company that actually used to work um, with us as well. I used to get Ryan in a fair bit to do a lot of our productions and thought he's definitely got better since the running days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was kind of, you know, from Ryan's TV background and my social background, it was a good place to start kind of meet in the middle there and offer this kind of not new service, but yeah. you know, just, yeah. And I was kind of working in TV before we sort of joined. Mm. Uh, so worked in a kit high company, um, worked a lot in TV and was sort of always wanted to be on the cameras, wanted to do all this sort of stuff. And TV is very kind of, takes you years and years. Um, so I had an opportunity with George and you know, to get off. Oh, do I come and produce this shoot? So I was like, yeah, I'll get on the cameras, I'll delight it, everything yeah. else. Um, and then sort of see the transition of how sort of TV was changing and everything's coming across to social. 
um, and what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do was going to take me years and years. I was like, well, I want to do it now. So then <laughs> do it myself. Do it yeah. And then, um, yeah, sort of joint forces, mm. sort of bringing that TV element and Georgia social was like that premium social content. It's kind of where yeah. we it's a sexy started story. It's a sexy story. It's a bloody long <laughs> story. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So how exactly did, who gave who the call for Cowshed? How did that originate? Do you know what? I can't even remember, you know, like I think I was on a holiday and it was like having a break away from a normal like nine to five job, if you will. Not that there's any, ever a nine to five job in social, but it was kind of just like, I've had enough, mate. And I was texting him going, I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same, wasn't it? And the, and the role I was in was like a trainee camera assistant. So I had to leave eventually so I it for three years. I think it was, it was like January, wasn't it? And I said to the boss, oh, look, I'm going to leave probably maybe July. And then obviously George went away, texted me and Feb. Yeah. Do you know what? Like uh, we'll probably get into this, but like we got a contract fairly quick. Like I'll be honest, hopefully they're not listening, but it was completely by accident. It was like, (laughs) we wanted to do one job for them and it was just, (laughs) (laughs) we wanted to do one job for them. And they were like, can you do 52 and do one video a week? And we were like, yes, (laughs) it was a yes. Say yes. Deal with it later. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm sort of full-time job. <laughs> um, I speak to the boss. I was like, "Look, I said summer. I just need to fast track it a bit." <laughs> said, no, it's fine. When is it? And I said, "Actually, it's Friday." Um, and he said, "No," to begin with. Um, then I took him to the pub, had a few drinks. He agreed to it, and then um, yeah, I got a message about a month later saying I've really, really ruined him, and he's uh, struggling massively. And he should never let me go. Um, but, but since then, we're getting like he's, he's our main sort of kit eye company that we use. Okay, Beverb. And yeah. so, yeah, they were sort of go-to people. So, um, felt bad for them. Yeah, it was a good move. And, um, yeah, they, yeah, they nice. we get loads of stuff from them, loads of work. And yeah. so, um, we pass it all right to them. So there, <laughs> there wasn't out of pocket. I'd say it's probably, uh, <laughs> no, it's yeah. a great story. So what brands have you worked with so far? What was the, are you allowed to say the first brand or is that, uh, that probably not? What are some brands that you can say that you work with? No, we, we can say most of them to be fair. Um, we don't white label a lot of our, our kind of work. So we're, we're quite open with who we work with, but, um, I think the, we're most known for Foot Asylum. I think everyone kind of knows us for doing that. Uh, KFC, uh, the Kennel Club, which takes us completely away from that. Um, NFL, we've worked with FIFA, yeah. uh, Brewdog. Yeah, God, just a few small ones. Just a few <laughs> small <laughs> ones. Yeah, <laughs> Channel Five, Channel Four. Yeah, so a bit, a bit of everything the, uh, really. The Premiership Rugby thing for. Yes. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Little and large. Yeah, yeah. That was actually one of the early, early it jobs was, that we yeah. worked on, like freelance basis before Cowshed was really a thing. Yeah. And then we, we started Cowshed and then they asked us to do it again. Okay. So awesome. yeah, we did like a season two, season three. Awesome. It's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. Do you have a client that you haven't worked with yet, but like, you know, you'd love to, a dream client? Who would oh, that be? What would that look like? we're pitching for in a minute. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drop, drop the names. Drop the yeah. names. <laughs> we're going to at them as well. Stalk them. <laughs> last year, a lot of brands we said, oh, we want to work with this year. I love the piece of paper we're actually working with. That's so, cool. so it's it's a good thing that we, we want to name who we want to work with because it seems to be next year we work with them. Yeah. Um, but top of my head, Tough that one. It's tough. Do you know what it is? For me, it's like not there's not a specific brand. Because the thing is, if I think of a brand I want to work with now, it probably means that their content's pretty good already. Yeah. And it probably means they're not going to use us. So they'll be, you know, they'll probably be in bed with someone else already. So um but it's more like we're looking at brands that want to like push the boundaries a little bit and they're not yeah. afraid to try something different. They're not afraid to just make some mad content because that's what we're all about. You've got to be a little bit ballsy. You? Yeah, you've got to be a bit ballsy and kind of that's what I feel like that's what we're known for now. We say get noticed, and that's like our key 
kind of strapline, get noticed, go viral, be unforgettable if we're yeah. going to get really cheesy in it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's got a brand. Yeah, so a bit of a politician's answer there. I'm going around the edges, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just brands that want to push the boundaries, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Channel 4. Channel 4, like, Channel digital 4. team for me is that yeah. we want to work more with them because, you know. They'd be up for it as well. I yeah, yeah. I mean, we're open to disrupt. Yeah, like, we're speaking to them. I think it's Channel 4, and then, of course, they, they work with big brands as well. So it's a oh, bit of a two in one there as well, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously, your, your big thing is getting people noticed, getting them in front of huge audiences. Do you reckon, do you have any indication of, like, how many views you're responsible for so far? Because it's got to be like tens of millions, surely. Is that across all socials? Across like every campaign you've be- done. Uh, every Chris. campaign also. Oh, that's hundreds of oh, millions, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was, like your biggest campaign, what was the reach on that? Uh, well, we did one. That, uh, wait, I'm just trying to think. What is the biggest one? We should definitely know this. We definitely should, yeah. I mean, I did one, we did one for National Geographic. Right. And it got, what was that on? Even YouTube alone, 70-something million. Wow. And that's YouTube only. That's outrageous. So I'm like, hopefully that's... Uh, God, this is a bad answer. Hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. <laughs> <laughs> I won't have a clue. I won't have a clue. Nice. I'll get back to you on that. I'll we'll comment get, here. Um, I want to get into a little bit more about kind of your guys' process and, and how you actually do it in a bit. But first, just talk about some of the growth that you've had recently. And of course, all of this isn't possible without the team that you've got behind you. You've grown pretty rapidly since you launched mm. in 2019 to a team of 30 now. Yeah. What's that? been like how has it been kind of managing that growth and doing it so fast and having to scale a team pretty quickly because i don't imagine you've either of you hired anyone before you started cowshed so what's that kind of process been like no like in terms of like hiring people like in previous jobs like hiring for a for your team but it, at the end of the day it's not your money so do you know what i mean because <laughs> you're just hiring for the for the sake of like i need more support with my team and we kind of looked at it like when when we originally started, like, look, we're not going to pretend we know absolutely everything about production and social. That would be that'd be stupid of us. So it was like, let's hire senior people that know their field better than us. We need to learn from our employees as much as they learn from us, right? So first of all, we went like quite senior level, and then um, kind of worked with them to build out their teams and kind of looked at their needs. And the more contracts that we got, it was like, right, what resource do we need to make this happen? And we built out like that. But there's a fine line, call it like the sticking point. We speak, we, we speak about it for ages, so especially lately. It's like, when do you hire the next person? Like, you need to have confidence in yourself to go, right, we need another producer. We need another strategist. We need this because we're confident in the next few months that work is going to come in. So it's like knowing when to do that. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of just like reacting all the time. Um, whereas, yeah, we've been quite like everything we've we've made in the last couple of years will be transparent with you. Like we've pumped back into the business and just making sure that we get the right resource in place. So we can take on these bigger, bigger clients, you know, it's probably a bit of a selfish thing going, like we, you could just get juniors in, you could get loads of junior yeah. producers, loads of junior editors, but we, we have to teach them. We're going to have to be over them. Watch what they do. So we, we needed to go to senior and go, right. Okay. Let's get the people in. Cause they need, they need to build their team. They need to kind of help give us the, the seniority that we need mm. um, and don't need training. We can kind of build the businesses, they can do their own sort of stuff. Um, and we don't need to kind of dedicate too much time to them to try and build them up and get them to where we need them to be. Yeah. Just hire good people, let them do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. That's a, I think that's a very basic way of saying it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just about working with those people and just making it, making it gel, hiring the right people. We always say it's like people first at Calshed, your job second. Yeah. So, like, if we know you're going to fit into our team, we know we're going to build a, a 
cheeses that sounds a family and yeah. it's a lot easier to what's the culture like because obviously you've been remote for most of it right yeah, yeah. how's it been like obviously building a culture and hiring talented people is kind of two different sides of the thing so how have you kind of kept the culture going and made sure that people actually like want to work with you and you want to attract the best talent i, th- I think for every company it's been difficult yeah. that was there's no kind of like yeah. previous thing you can look at and go oh, how did the company deal with that before so i mean every company sort of, has sort of dealt with it differently um, I think the biggest struggle was just obviously communication. Mm. Uh, being an agency that you want to bounce off people and creativity mm. and, and creative brainstorms, you have none of that. So you're constantly trying to pull yourself up to be on Zoom, um, sort of try and work as a team, try and bounce off each other to try and come up with ideas. Um, it's been a struggle, I'd be honest. I think every company sort of feels the same. Um, but communication, I think we just, it's because we grow so fast. You're trying to build uh, these sort of softwares and uh, develop, like, develop softwares into like how we can manage people the best. Uh, we tried to get in softwares early on, so like Slack, your Monday.coms, the Frame.io. Um, but overall, I think culturally, it was lost completely, especially when, mm. you know, you can't even go out and visit people, you can't even go for a coffee. Yeah. And the next minute you can, and the next minute it's, oh, only six people. Go, well, <laughs> there's, there's, there's 28, there's tw- there was 22 of us at that time. So you couldn't even really plan anything because you can't even go bring anyone outside. Um, mm. But that's a massive thing that we're definitely pushing. Back in the office soon, got a new office we're going into. Yeah. Um, so that's, mm. that's the first thing on our list is culturally, how can we... Yeah, different things in place and I think do you know what going back to what I just said a minute ago as well it's like getting the right people in that was almost the culture that was like yeah. you know if you join a Zoom meeting a weekly Zoom meeting to see all these faces straight away you know if you're going to fit into that team right yeah. and I think like we we head up the, the company still and we're very involved in like the hiring process so hopefully like most of the talent that we've attracted to CalShed is is because of us and because of the people and because of the work that we do Um, yeah so culture wise obviously it's not a huge like of course it's a it's a big thing yeah. but um when we're back in the office is when we can really show that off really yeah what is your work like it's obviously very different now to how it was when you started what does your work between the two of you consist of nowadays like what's, <laughs> <laughs> what's that dynamic <laughs> uh dynamic wise yeah. that between us two so um going right back it was like we were doing the same thing and then we quickly realized it was like look we can't run a business like this like every meeting's doubled up there's no point yeah. um so now it's like i look to the the future of cowshed so i'll look at like new revenue streams or what like you know like what companies are we going to go after what um what brands we're going to go after working with a creative team to come up with new ideas to pitch like proactively um and then ryan's sort of like more operational so if you want to go <laughs> through that sort of like yeah, managing the, the day-to-day stuff yeah. Uh, the productions, making sure they're all running smoothly, uh, trying to get ahead in terms of like what shoots are coming up. Do we need new kit? Let's invest in new kit. And um, George isn't the happiest with that because he constantly <laughs> <laughs> just, need, just need these new lights. Uh, Unbelievable. Five thousand. Don't worry, they're fine. Uh, Monthly checking with the account, and you go, well, sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just try to just try to basically run run the day to day stuff, um, and try to just make sure everything's going smoothly. And how can we better it? Is there any new sort of software? Is anything else that we can put in place? Um, yeah. So we'll try to forward think as much as we can, but yeah, sort of reactive at, at the minute. Yeah. yeah. In in terms of um uh, like you know forward thinking, George, you might be better to answer this question. How is like content evolving, and how have you seen that over the pandemic? Because it's been huge. You know, everything's kind of online now. How has mm. it affected Cowshed and the kind of work you guys are doing? Yeah. Well, do you know what? Like, look, it, the pandemic's been awful, like absolutely awful, yeah. like for everybody. But like we. You know, not capitalise on it, obviously, like some of those horrible words to use. <laughs> but um, we kind of saw the change very, very quickly. And we saw that people are on social. That's all they're doing. Yeah. It was like, so, you know, people aren't watching TV as much as they were either. So it was like, how do we offer just good value content 
for social. Um, and I feel like that's where everything in the industry is slowly going. You know, there's a lot of, without, I'm not naming any names, but there's a lot of social agencies out there that are making very good social content. If you're talking 15 second clips, yeah. like ads, one minute, you know, five second pre-roll for YouTube. Like, honestly, like, I don't feel like it's going to carry on like that in the future. Only because I, I think the younger generation, 100%, are, are more savvy to advertising. But, you know, if you're being advertised to now, they're straight off. Oh, mate, working in marketing is a nightmare. Yeah. You know, you know when it's happening, you're like... <laughs> exactly, man, you know... getting suspicious of the video you're watching. Exactly. And like, look, have you tried watching TV now? Oh, and you're watching the ads and you're like, I'm out. I'm out straight away. Yeah. So you can't just shove it in people's face anymore. So I feel like the way it's going is like brands are going to have to create valuable content. You know, something that people can actually get something from. Like take, take whether it's, you know, if you're sat there crying, laughing, shocked, whatever it is, it just needs to drive some kind of emotion. Because, you know, I'm not going to share it with a friend if it's just an ad, am I? And um, yeah. that's that's what it's all about. So I, I do feel like that. And also like, look, there's ad, ad funded programming for TV. A lot of brands are pulling money from from there as well and chucking money into social. Of, of course, that's where everyone is and that's where they're going to be. And then out of home. I mean, there's a place for it, but of, yeah. again, it's just like budgets are being pulled and put in social. So that's kind of where I feel like it's going. There'll probably be a lot of people watching this. I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here, but there'll probably be a lot of people watching this going like, people don't have the attention spans to watch longer than 15 seconds and there'll be big hoo-ha about like, oh, 30 seconds is the max. No one's going to watch a 20-minute video on YouTube or a series on YouTube. What would you say to those people? Like, how is that wrong and how wrong is it? It's definitely not wrong. It's definitely not wrong. There's a place for it. If it's about just brand awareness and it, or very product focused, you know, it's a, there's a place for it. Mm. I, I, mate, I, you know, I've just said all that, but then I'm going to contradict myself by saying <laughs> I, I've bought things on Instagram because I've seen the seen the ads. Right? I just don't feel like that's going to continue. I just I just think uh, yeah, people are just more savvy to it, and it's like they want to they want to find their own way uh, to a brand rather than just it being shoved in your face all of the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but that's my opinion. Lewis. you know, like it could change entirely. So with longer form content, um, do you, you know, like what's the, what's the secret to virality? Because that's the question that everyone wants to know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what what's the secret formula here? Because you guys have done it, you know, for loads of brands and Foot Asylum's like a great example. Like a, a whole generation is kind of glued to it. Um, my little brother's obsessed with it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Good. I, I, I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned this podcast today, and he was like, "Do they work with? Um, is it Philly?" Yeah, yeah, young uh, Philly. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, what, what, what would you say? You know, for long form content, how do you retain that audience for the for that amount of time? I'd personally say, so like, if the brand needs to know the audience first, mm-hmm. and needs to know what they resonate with, what, 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 how, how far they want to go, are they going to play it safe? Are they going to just put an advert because that's not going to work? So, just mm-hmm. as a person, if we've seen as the, when the brands kind of well open to kind of pushing boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, really knowing the audience, knowing what they want to target, and, and the just, just making entertaining pieces of content. That's that's what I've personally seen. Whilst whilst best, not just trying to put an ad in someone's face all the time. Yeah, it, it, for me, it's like look, you've just got to like you said, look at your audience and go, what do they even want? Like first of all, it's like what content do they want first? Not what do they want to buy from you. So what do they want to watch first? Create a piece of content around that, and then you can weave in the brand's messaging. It's very easy to get you know for asylum. I mean they head to toe with first item clothes is very easy but then we can link it to you know go go shop the look on their on their site um yeah, but in terms really of like well with um locked in right? yeah you kind of linked to foot asylum 
wear in like a really natural way. Right. Yeah, smart. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And we've got a second series coming up yeah, soon. There's a, little, yeah, there's, there's, a little, a, there's a little plug. That's a plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going live? Third of November. Third yeah, episode one. I see. Yeah. So you've, you've basically already filmed it then, I imagine. No, it's, it, oh, no, it's done live, isn't it's it? It's filmed live. Well, not live, live, but yeah, we do 24 hour turnarounds. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of coffee, yeah. <laughs> a lot Enjoy of that. overnight edits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, going back to your questions in terms of yeah, viral content is literally just like, look who your target demographic is first. What do they watch? Yeah. Okay. Let's make a, make a piece of content that works for those first Yeah, and then get your brand messaging in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's that's like the box, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Always. Should I mentioned young Philly? You've yeah. Work with some other pretty big influences, footballers, uh, yeah. artists, any musicians? Yeah, yeah, fair few musicians. Uh, yeah, one of our clients is Sony and yeah. Island Records as well. So fair few musicians yeah. as well. Yeah, and Foot Asylum again, house full of YouTubers. What's it like working with them? Are they like? Are they easy to handle or are they quiet? Who's <laughs> <laughs> just going out to again? <laughs> yeah. I just imagine young Philly like tearing up the whole set and not doing anything. No, do you know what? Like, no, nah, Philly's a legend, man. Like I've known Philly for years as well. Really? Yeah, even like before this industry, like really. Um, but no, they're wicked to work with. Um, they're very clued up, yeah. right? It's, it's like, take Locked In for an example. Obviously, like if people that don't know, it's like a reality show very similar to another reality show back in the day but we, we put people inside a house and keep them there um, but they they're very clued up on who they are as a character and like they create a persona yeah. so when you're producing these people it's not as easy as yeah. like the everyday person it's not like we're pulling people off the street they know exactly what to say when to say it like there was times where like it will go it'll go quiet and it'll be a bit of a boring day and you'll hear them kind of whisper to each other and they're like, look guys, we need to make content in here. And they start <laughs> acting up for the cameras and we're like, look, you know what? We're cool. You can chill. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> so, um, but now in general, like they're, they're good to work with, man. They're content creators. So, you know, when you're directing piece of content, they know what works. The this thing is, is quite easy. that sort of show, it's a good example of showing like the, the TV format show more social. Yeah. So yeah. it's a different approach. You can't go in there. You can't story produce them. You can't, ask I don't know Philly to go and argue with junks because they're not going to do it <laughs> the approach is for like this sort of show is like first thing is they've got to enjoy it yeah all the challenges and stuff we do the formats the you're not you're not there to make them argue we don't want no fights we don't want people storming out we want them to have a good time so when they leave they'll tell the next lot of talent oh shit I had a great time in locked in season yeah. two and then it, it, it starts to sort of have that roll on effect is oh they the next people want to be on it mm. and just get bigger yeah. bigger names and yeah. so that's I think that's the first thing you, you can't produce them can't no. you can't tell them what to do um, you can prompt them and they give them stuff to do that you know there's going to be content at the back of it but yeah, yeah they're not going to uh, yeah. listen to anything you're going to say you're allowed to release who's going to be on season 2 of Locked In when does this come out <laughs> we can delay it probably the about the same time as Locked In 26 I think the trailer comes out do you know what I think we're releasing this on the 1st of November so oh we're good then we're good uh, two days before it goes out so we got um, Spuds is a, is a Quite a big name. Um, I don't know who we can say just in case, you know. Yeah. I think we're going to have to get rid of that. <laughs> we can get it out after. Then. We just want to know ourselves. Yeah. Um, you got like Darkest Man is going in. He's a big name. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, look, if this isn't going in, it's fine. But it's, um, it's like loads of people from different areas of the industry. So there's like nice. uh, beauty people, there's fashion, there's just straight up comedians. There's a bit of everyone in there. Big characters, very yeah. big yeah, characters. Real, real mix. Yeah, yeah. No, there exactly. is a couple of hidden gems. 
It was a couple, yeah. Oh, I can't say. Not sure who they are. Yeah. 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 Not sure who they are. No, so this year, basically, because <laughs> COVID's not a thing as much as it was last time, um, we can bring people in halfway through yeah. before it was like a bubble. Uh, so we had to isolate people before, but here we can kick people out, bring them in. So there'll be a few twists. Uh, uh. It's going to be carnage. It's going to be carnage. Uh. <laughs> Any brands that you guys don't work with, this is going to be a difficult one that you don't want to answer. <laughs> Any brands you don't work with that, are doing it well are doing social well and actually producing good content or what's like a good example of someone do you know what I love uh, Red Bull yeah mm, Red Bull Wicked that. like Red Bull goes back to um, I sound like I'm doing a right sales pitch here but it goes <laughs> back to just that thing where it's like just make good content it's like the perfect example of just making good solid content and then Everyone knows Red Bull. Everyone knows what the product goes yeah. that comes oh, with it. Fucking media company, aren't they? Like, yeah, yeah. The amount they must plug into. I mean, yeah, they've got like creative directors in house. They've got content team yeah. in house. They've actually got like Red Bull. Is it Red Bull Studios? So, yeah. so yeah, they're, they're very, very good. That's that's like the, the top of the top. They're, that's the top. they're constantly just ahead of everyone else. Mm. There's, there's nothing I don't think that they've not done. Yeah. Um, so as, as a brand, you look at you thinking they're always ahead of the game. That's what we yeah. kind of need to be. The guy that skydived, the highest ever skydived, was that them? Yeah. That was <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Mate, they do everything. They've yeah. got that soapbox derby as well, haven't they? Where people make like yeah, crazy yeah. carts yeah. and go down the hill. They're like, who's that? Red Bull, obviously. Oh, yeah. They do that right, as well. They do that. Yeah. Is, I yeah. think it is. Yeah. Mad. Absolutely nuts. Constantly yeah. pushing, pushing boundaries. Yeah, but they're really good. But um, I'll tell you what, we actually work with them, but not on this side of the business. But KFC, I love. Yeah, like we make social content for KFC, but like Mother, give them a shout out. They are just unbelievable at like the the creative uh, direction of their campaigns. Like they're just genius. Yeah, like did you see when they like run out of chicken? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they put the FCK all over the sick. Yeah, like it was quality. Yeah, that one, so, that one done very well. Yeah, they're they're obviously a big one. What about people that like traditionally are quite? Like, let's take the Kennel Club for example. Like it's it's obviously a lot harder to make something like the Kennel Club go viral and get a lot of people watching it than Red Bull, which is naturally quite mm. like a sexy business to market. How do you take businesses like the Kennel Club, for example, and actually make them interesting for people to watch? Yeah, I think it goes back to like what we were saying. It's like, look at your target audience. Mm. What, what do they want, first of all? And the first challenge we kind of saw there was like, well, people aren't really engaging with just like informational videos all the time. So it's like, how do we... How do we kind of tackle that? And it was like, well, let's make some documentaries around puppies growing up from day one. To, cute puppies. Yeah, yeah people <laughs> want to see cute puppies, there. man. Internet, puppies, done. <laughs> like, it was easy. Viral. And, you know, you look at it and it got like a couple million views. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know what's viral these days. You don't, you know, it's hard to tell. But for that niche audience, I would say that was pretty viral. Yeah. So again, it was just going back to like, what do, what do they want? What's missing? What are we not giving them? And creating content around that. So like the process is quite similar for everyone, but you've got to take the nuances of each each person you work with and their audience and basically build it around the audience, right? Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's probably a good example. Like very traditional set in their ways company and they, they, they kind of do no social, but they don't really get it. Mm. So for us, it's good because it's, it's a challenge. We're, we like brands like yeah. that because you, you're, we're the social experts. This is why we're kind of here. We're kind of trying to help you as much as we can. Um, so that's kind of why like a company like that, they, they're great to work with because you can really change their their pattern on social yeah so do brands tend to come to you guys with ideas already in place you know they, they think i want to do this campaign um for this audience or are you guys quite heavily involved in actually coming up with those creative ideas and pitching it back to them 
It varies a lot, to be fair. Where we work with, so we do a lot of brand direct, but a lot of our business yeah. comes through agencies, whether that's creative agencies like Mother or PR agencies. Um, with the PR agencies, they've typically got the idea in place because obviously they've tied in their wider kind of PR picture. And it's like, right, what social content can we make around that? But I'd say like 80, 90% of the time, they just come to us and say, we want to hit the standard, you know, millennials, Gen Z, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, this is the type of content we want to make. So right. we want to make a entertainment show for YouTube, or we want to make TikToks, for yeah. example. And it's for us to kind of take that away, brief in the, the teams, you know, we have our strategists work across it, creative director, we'll kind of pull together like a bit of a plan and we'll pitch it back in. So like how people, it works. initially people come to you and then you'll, you don't, tend to go out to pitch people they'll come to you first then you pitch them is that right yeah well like we, i don't know how we've done it but we've got to here without <laughs> a sales team in place whatsoever so yeah so it's all been word of mouth like we've we are getting a sales team um in the new year so yeah. kind of q1 but um yeah it's all been word of mouth so it's sometimes just a case of people calling you going look we've seen what you've done with so-and-so can you do the same for us and we're like <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's have a look. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we have to. No, it's like, and then you, you're looking at their brand and going, okay, what what do they need to tackle? Like, what are they missing? And coming up with ideas around that again. I imagine man, they're obviously huge projects, big brands, probably quite large budgets at times. How do you make sure you're going to deliver? Because like, there must be quite a lot of pressure or responsibility on you guys to make sure you're actually delivering on those projects. Like, they're not small projects. It's not like you're just fucking posting on linkedin for people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a like, big job mate like, you're, you're doing Someone's huge do projects yeah. how like how do you actually deliver on those what's the key to doing that i think every project is different um yeah. i feel a lot of them you're i think you just got to trust yourself just understand that well, there's a reason why you've done that before it's fine it's another project we do this again and um, i think it's really sort of down to what we said previously just understanding what they they're actually wanting um, and what, what's the purpose of the content? Is it is it just an advert? Then just, just make an advert, or is it entertainment? Then make it entertainment. Is there a, is there a product placement that you need to put into the, the, the video? Then we'll put it in however we need to. Um, but I think yeah, it's, it's difficult. difficult it's, I think this is like clear KPIs as well. Mm. Like mm. just if you haven't got a KPI, it's tough. I feel like as long as they give us a clear KPI, then we can just strive towards that all the time. Yeah. And there's obviously a lot of pressure, like not hitting that KPI. But as long as when we say it in the beginning, we know it's, you know, achievable. Yeah. Um. Then we then we'll take Maybe it. Not having too many problems with it. I mean, no, no, no. no. To be fair, like we, there's not been many occasions at all where we haven't hit like a KPI. Yeah. Um. Of course, look, like, I'd be lying if I said every single project went perfectly. That's never the case. Of course, it isn't. Yeah. What is the hardest project you've ever done? Hardest one. Oh. If you can say it without slagging off the car. I was about to say, I'll try and be careful. Maybe the biggest one. I'm trying yeah. to think. A... <laughs> oh God, I've got to be well careful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's not been met. Like, there's not, none of them have ever gone bad. Like, yeah. there's not been like one that's been horrendous. Like, and I will say this, nearly every single client we work with have come back. Impressive. So it's, it's yeah. been all right. Yeah. I think we've had, look, without naming anyone, we've had difficult clients where it's like, it's just never going to be achievable. You know, we're working with a product where it's like, people don't want to see anything from this brand yeah. and it's yeah. trying to... What about the best? Think, the most fun? The most fun? I'll say, I'll actually say the most challenging, but most fun. It's probably locked in. So it's one. 
I think because yeah. we were mm. hit with so many regulations of COVID, um, it was quite, or it was a very late sign off because the brand for Salem wasn't sure when they wanted to do it, if they were going to do it, obviously unpredictable year that we've had, um, where they wanted to put all the, the sort of the budget into this project so late in the, in the year. And um, I think that was the most challenging because it was probably 80% COVID planning and 20% actually production. But then once it was all sort of in place, everyone was in their bubble. I think that was probably the most rewarding because you're literally creating 14 episodes in, in two weeks. Um, and for sport, I guess the biggest challenge is kind of making it entertainment, trying to give them challenges all the time. Um, but I, think, I think that was the most fun because you were kind of like very confined. It was kind of like trying to build like a family in there because you can't leave two weeks in there. No one, no one can go, no one can leave. Um, so I think that was probably the most fun well, today. Or, the, the or a travel guide. They're always good fun. Oh, yeah. You went out yeah. to the States for that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, so. That, that was a challenging one, actually. That was a lot to shoot in... For like a week, we travelled from Seattle to LA. It was intense. Lived on an RV. Yeah, yeah with Chunks and AJ should be all that was a laugh. Yeah. Uh, again, that was um sort of on the go, uh, shooting an episode. Then in two days' time, we'd release it because it was kind of like right. we were travelling. Chunks and AJ were on the road to KSI, so we're travelling across America, making it to LA to watch the fight. So it was yeah. kind of it was very reactive. Um, and literally going from like most random places, you go to like from Seattle and then to ghost village and then you go to some, like a, a ranch <laughs> and then you'd be fishing and then you'd be like going yeah. to area 51 alien hunting and yeah. that was one of the moments where we literally were just on that trip going what is this job <laughs> i stood yeah. outside area 51 going this is a job <laughs> this is mad it was yeah weirdest thing was driving up to area 51 and we had this tour guide and um he had many theories that none of us really believed in. <laughs> he was hanging out the window, shouting at the, 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 the barriers, saying like, no, there's aliens. But um, basically, they just shut, they turned off all the lights on us. The whole, this whole it was terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. There was a massive bang. All the lights went off. He's saying that, look, it's a sign they know we're here. Yeah. All this sort of stuff. So that's um, the most challenging, surviving oh, Area got, 51. You're getting a safe job in social. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's the most challenging. <laughs> We've locked in. Mm. Obviously, everyone in the apartment or flat wherever it was the the youtubers had to stay in there did the crew have to like stay together and isolate as well or could the crew go home and come back that was all in the bubble in everyone yeah, yeah so like two weeks yeah two weeks yeah so we had a hotel when it was like one part of the hotel was completely like cordoned off so it was That's like so cool. that was just the crews people hate each other by the end yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah do you know what no it was good it was like a little family yeah. it was like we should have made a reality show about the crew as well that would have been just as good I promise you this time round yeah behind the scenes yeah yeah got it all to do again this time round in yeah. November yes. November yeah yeah sweet yeah well guys look it's been amazing chatting to you uh, obviously really excited for the content that you've got coming out especially locked in in November thanks very much for coming on and speaking to us today where's the best place for people to check your work out uh, LinkedIn LinkedIn obviously you'll know best <laughs> uh, Instagram Facebook uh, yeah follow all of our work on there and then the website calshardsocial.com awesome guys make sure you check them out because we've got some amazing content on there and at the top of the game so thank you very much yeah, really for having us. Nice. brilliant cheers guys appreciate it cheers guys thank you hi guys thank you for listening to that episode I do hope you enjoyed it and found it as valuable as we did what we're going to do for the giveaway in this episode is we're going to give away 
two free strategy sessions around building your personal brand. Myself and the rest of the team are going to work with you for a period of about two hours. We're going to deep dive into your business, your personal brand, where you want to go, and we're going to give you all the resources and tools that you need to go away and build a profitable personal brand yourself. It's going to be extremely valuable for you, something that we normally just reserve for our private clients. And if you want to win this giveaway, what I want you to do is leave us a review on your favorite podcast provider or uh, leave a review on one of our socials about how valuable you found this episode. Just stick it in the comments section of the share post and then send a screenshot of that to me on LinkedIn. My link will be in the show notes. That's all you've got to do. It'll take you about a minute to complete and that will put you in with a chance of winning this free strategy sessions, one of two that we're going to give away for this episode. So not one to be missed. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you want to find out more about what we do at Corogo or just see more valuable content just like this, please do follow us on all of the socials that are linked in the show notes.